Salvete discipuli, discipuli que lingua latinae. Mihi valde placet vos iterum videre, et vos pulcram linguam latinam aeternam docere. In the last lesson, we read Caesar, genuine Latin prose, complete with indirect statement and high-level syntactical guideposts. Sure, it took us half an hour to read half a paragraph, but please, make no mistake, that's an accomplishment. Don't let anyone take it away from you, ever. Latin literature beckons, my friends, but we still have some forms to memorize. We are, believe it or not, going to round out our knowledge of the Latin verb in this lesson. We shall, in this lesson, unlock two mysteries. We will learn the future and imperfect of the irregular verb sum, and throw in some pot for possum. And we will then use those forms of sum as helping verbs to form the perfect passive tenses of all the other verbs. So hang on to your sandals, conjugatores. We're going on a forced march. Let's review. First, what we do know or are supposed to know, about the Latin verb to be. Sum esse fui futurum. And then proceed to the new forms, which will serve as our helping verbs. Do you remember the principal parts? Please repeat. Sum esse fui futurum. By the way, futurum is not a passive participle. It's the future active participle, going to be. We can tell by the ur, in urum. Let's conjugate sum in the present active indicative. Please repeat. Sum es est. Sumus estis sunt. Again. Sum es est. Sumus estis sunt. And stop. How do we form the present subjunctive, I may be? We begin every form with an S, and we change the vowel to I. Please repeat. Sim si sit, simus situs sint. And one more time. Sim si sit, simus situs sint. You've already seen forms very close to the future of sum. They look, with one exception, pretty much like the endings we put on the third principal part to form the future perfect active. How do we say, I shall have loved? Amawero. You will have loved. Amawaris. Ring a bell? Okay, here are the future forms of sum. Please repeat. Ero, eris, erit. Erimus, eritus, erunt. That last form. That's the only one that differs from the future perfect active endings. We find a U in erunt instead of the vowel I. How do we translate this ero, eris, erit? Erimus, eritus, erunt. I shall be. You will be. He, she, or it will be. We shall be, y'all will be, they will be. Please repeat after me. Ero, eris, erit. Eremus, eritus, erunt. And one more time. 
Ero, Eris, Erit, Eremus, Eritus, Erunt. The imperfect of Sum, it asked, I was, you were, he, she, or it was, we were, y'all were, they were, looks very similar to these forms, but is characterized by an E-R-A rather than an E-R-I. And you've already seen all these endings used on the pluperfect active forms. Really, how do we say, I had loved? Amaweram. You had loved. Amaweras. Your brain should find the pattern familiar, comforting even. Please repeat the imperfect forms of sum. Eram, eras, erat. Eramus, eratis, erant. E-R-A plus the personal endings M-S-T, mus, tis, unt. It's really not that bad. Please repeat after me. Eram, eras, erat. Eramus, eratis, erant. And one more time. Eram, eras, erat. Eramus, eratis, eran. The imperfect subjunctive of sum is formed in the same way as it is for every other verb. We take the present infinitive, it est, the second principal part, and add the personal endings m, s, t, mus, tis, unt. Let's give it a try. What is the second principal part of sum? Esse, which means to be. Let's add the endings. Esse plus M yields Essen. Esse plus S, Esses. Plus T, Esset. Plus Mus, Essemus. Plus Tis, Essetis. Plus Unt, Essent. I might be, you might be, he, she, or it might be, we might be, y'all might be, they might be. Let's conjugate sum in the imperfect subjunctive. Please repeat after me. Esem, esses, eset. Esemus, esetis, essent. And one more time. Esem, esses, eset. Esemus, esetis, essent. By the way, these forms work with possum to form the equivalent ten tenses. Just bring along your supply of P-O-T. Some representative examples. Future. How, how did we say I will be, you will be? Aero, eris. So I will be able, you will be able. Potero. Potteris. Imperfect. I was, you were. Eram, eros. Now, I was able, you were able, pot eram, pot eras. Just bring along your P-O-T and you're good to go. But we've got bigger game to hunt than possum. With these new forms of sum, we can finish off the tenses of the Latin verb. We'll be using the present 
the imperfect and the future of sum as a helping verb to say such things as, I have been loved, the perfect passive, I had been loved, the pluperfect passive, and I will have been loved, the future perfect passive. You thought perhaps we'd use aris tour, murminian tour? Those endings work only in the present tense system. The tense is formed on the basis of the first two principal parts, namely the present, imperfect, and future tenses. The perfect passive system uses forms of sum as a helping verb and puts them together in combination with the past participle. Let's look at the verb love. Amo, amare, amawi, amatum, which is, by the way, the verb of Latin par excellence. Have I mentioned that if you spell Rome or Roma backwards, it spells amor, which is Latin for the word noun, love? And as a verb, amor means I am loved. Romans loved to build temples to Roma and to amor. Rome and love, Rome and Venus. I don't make these things up, so let's feel the love. And as passive subjects, that might work out better for us than practicing with the verb beat, affligo, or torture, torqueo, or kill, interficio. But heck, once we're done, you can practice with whatever verbs you prefer. The basic rules. To generate the forms of the perfect passive, we fashion two word compounds that consist of the past participle in combination with the present indicative of sum to form the perfect passive indicative, or in combination with the present subjunctive of sum to form the perfect passive subjunctive. Allow me to illustrate. What is the fourth principal part of amo, amare, amawi, amatum? Answer, amatum. Please turn that amatum into a perfect passive participle. We remove the um, add usa um, our first and second declension adjective endings. So amatum becomes amatus a um, which by itself means having been loved. Now, I put amatus, amata, or amatum next to the present indicative of sum, but I don't connect them. I leave a space between them. They remain two separate words. The result, the compound verb, amatus sum, or amata sum, or amatum sum, depending on the gender of the subject. What does this new compound mean? Please remember, the compound takes on a meaning separate from its individual parts. Although amatus by itself means having been loved, and although when used on its own, sum means I am, sum has suppressed its verbal individuality to become a helping verb. Amatus sum means I have been loved. If I were female, how would I say, I have been loved? Amata sum. This verbal adjective will agree in gender and number with its subject. The case will be nominative. 
as I am the subject. And if I had been spayed and considered myself neutered, a matum sum, hey, it could happen. Let's conjugate the whole perfect passive indicative carefully and in having been loved detail. We can then conjugate the other tenses more quickly. I have been loved. Please repeat the Latin. Amatusum, amatasum, or amatumsum. You have been loved. Again, please repeat. Amatus s, amata s, or amatum s. He has been loved. Amatus est. She has been loved. Amata est. Or it has been loved. Amatum est. Now, what do you think is going to happen in the plural? We have to change the number from singular to plural. We men have been loved. Please repeat. Amati sumus. We women have been loved. Amatai sumus. We neutered ones have been loved. Amata sumus. Y'all have been loved. Amati estis, amatai estis, or amata estis. They have been loved. Amati sunt, amatai sunt, or amata sunt. We can abbreviate these 18 possibilities by saying us a um for each gender in the singular rather than spelling out each gender individually. This would save us time and space. Let's give it a try. I have been loved or I was loved. Please repeat. Amatus a um sum. And in the plural, we can abbreviate by saying E-I-A for the three plural genders. We have been loved or we were loved. Please repeat. Amati, I, A, sumus. Let's try the perfect subjunctive passive. All we have to do is substitute the present tense of the subjunctive forms of sum for the indicative forms. Sin, see, sit. Okay, ready? I'll supply the English. Please try the Latin. I may have been loved. Amatus a um sim. You may have been loved. Amatus a um sis. He, she, or it may have been loved. Amatus a um sit. We may have been loved. Amati I a. Simus. Y'all may have been loved. Amati I a Cetus. They may have been loved. Amati I a Sint. To form the pluperfect passives, indicative and subjunctive, we combine the past participle with the imperfect forms of sum, indicative or subjunctive. We can do this. Let's conjugate amo, amare, amawi, amatum in the pluperfect passive indicative. We take the fourth principal part, turn it into a bona fide participle, amatus aum, and put it together with the imperfect indicative forms of sum. Eram, eras, erat, eramus, eratus, erant. Are you ready? I'll supply the English. Please try the Latin. 
I had been loved. Amatus a um eram. You had been loved. Amatus a um eras. He, she, or it had been loved. Amatus a um erat. We had been loved. Amati I a eramus. Y'all had been loved. Amati I a eratis. They had been loved. Amati I a erant. Let's try the pluperfect subjunctive passive. All we have to do is substitute the imperfect subjunctive forms of eram for the indicative forms. You remember them. Essay plus the personal endings. Essem, essays, esset. Okay, if you're ready, I'll supply the English. Please try the Latin. I might have been loved or I had been loved. Amatus a um essen. You might have been loved or you had been loved. Amatus a um esses. He, she, or it might have been loved or had been loved. Amatus a um esset. We might have been loved or we had been loved. Amati I a Esemus. Y'all might have been loved or had been loved. Amati I a Esetis. They might have been loved or had been loved. Amati I a Essent. And last, but not least, the future perfect passive indicative. There are no future subjunctives. The future is doubtful enough. Again, we take the fourth principle part, turn it into a bona fide participle, amatus a um, and put it together with the future indicative forms of sum. Ero, eris, erit, eramus, eritus, errant. Ready? I will have been loved. Amatus a um ero. You will have been loved. Amatus a um eris. He, she, or it will have been loved. Amatus a um erit. We will have been loved. Amati I a erimus. Y'all will have been loved. Amati I a eritus. They will have been loved. Amati I a errant. Wobis gratulor. I congratulate you. You have just completed all the tenses active and passive, indicative and subjunctive, of the Latin verb. What stray forms of the Latin verb are we missing? Some uses of the fourth principle part when used as a verbal noun. The gerund, another verbal noun. Some future imperatives, mere cleanup. You have been exposed to the vast bulk of what you need to know about the Latin verbal system, a system of great beauty.
I encourage you to study the charts for all the conjugations that we provide in the guidebook. You will, if you check, find that what I've explained for the first conjugation works equally as well for the other conjugations. The rules for the perfect tense system, both active and passive, are regular. The rules for one work for all. Stab, or to kill, by stabbing. Confodio is a verb that you have likely not seen before. But with its principal parts and the rules for the perfect passive system, you should be able to conjugate it in the perfect passive indicative. Its principal parts are confodio, confodera, confodi, confossum. Please repeat. Confodio, confodera, confodi, confossum. How would we say Caesar was stabbed? Or Caesar was struck down by stabbing in Latin. We need the fourth principal part transformed into a masculine singular participle. So if we take confossum, this yields confossus. To agree with our poor victim Caesar. Which form of sum do we need? I'll recite them. Please pick one. Sum, es, est, sumus, estis, sunt. Did you pick est? Bingo. Caesar confossus est. That's how we'd say Caesar was stabbed or struck down by stabbing. This is a sentence worth expanding. You've seen the neuter third declension, wulnus, wulneris. It means wound, although it can also mean blow. If I told you that tribus et viginti means three and twenty, it asked twenty-three, could you take a stab, sorry, at translating this gem? Please repeat. Caesar tribus et viginti vulneribus. Confossus est. What is the case of vulneribus? Blank. Is, e, blank, e, a, um, ibus, a, ibus? It's either dative or ablative. What makes more sense? Caesar was struck down two or four wounds, or Caesar was struck down by wounds? Personally, I vote ablative of means. Please repeat again. Caesar. Tribus et viginti vulneribus. Confossus est. By what means was Caesar confossus, or struck down? By means of 23 blows. 23 puncture wounds. Let's add a subordinate clause with a subjunctive. Cum is a conjunction in Latin that can mean when, as, or since. And coincidence in time, and causation are often connected. You may recall cum as a preposition taking the ablative that means with, as in summa cum laude, with the highest praise. But we have also seen cum serve as a conjunction. With the subjunctive mood, cum means when, as, or since. How do we tell the two apart? If there are no ablatives to be seen, that's one clue, but sometimes some unrelated ablatives will lurk in the vicinity. In those cases, 
we may have to try different possibilities until we can figure it out. At all events, the building where the Roman Senate met their clubhouse was called the Curia. Interestingly, the Pope still calls, calls his entourage, who help him govern his Curia. The Curia was, according to the late 4th century historian Eutropius, the scene of the crime. It actually took place in the theater of Pompey because the Senate could and regularly did meet in various places. But we can assume that Eutropius means the meeting of the Senate, not a particular building. Um, we can give him that much. Eutropius, by the way, had an interesting post. His title was Master of the Emperor's Memory, Magister Memoriae. And he wrote a history for the emperor to bring the emperor up to speed on Roman history. The title, Breviarum Historiae Romanae, which we might loosely translate as abbreviated Roman history for imperial dummies. In it, Eutropius describes Caesar's murder. Please repeat. Caesar, cum senatus venisit ad curiam, Tribus et viginti vulneribus. Confossus est. Please repeat the principal parts of the verb to come. Venia, venire, veni, ventum. Now, using the third principal part, veni, as your clue, please parse venisit. I've already told you that cum takes the subjunctive. Can you identify the tense? Third principal part, eye surgery. Find your inner sissy, just at issy. Yes, pluperfect subjunctive. How do we translate it as pluperfect? He, she, or it had come. But that sounds just like an indicative. And in fact, the subjunctive adds no value for us as English speakers. We can understand what the Senate had done. Cum senatus venisit ad curiam. When the Senate had come to the Senate chamber or to the meeting of the Senate, we have a pluperfect subjunctive in a subordinate clause that helps us understand the chronology. The action of arriving at the meeting place had been completed before the stabbing was completed. At all events, let's try the whole complex thought. Please repeat. Caesar, cum senatus venisit ad curiam, tribus et veginti vulneribus, confossus est. Shall we translate? Caesar, when the Senate had come to the Senate chamber, was stabbed by means of twenty-three Puncture wounds. I linger over this subjunctive not only because it is of a very common type, cum clauses as we call them, with the subjunctive can be found everywhere in Latin prose, but also because in English, when we translate it, it sounds just like an indicative. Can cum clauses appear with the indicative? Yes. But then, cum does not mean when, since, or as, but instead, whenever. 
We adjust how we translate kum based on the mood of the verb, and this illustrates an important distinction between English and Latin. In English, we signal nuance with a different conjunction. Whenever indicates repeated action, whereas when does not. Latin lacks that rich variety in conjunctions and can instead signal a different aspect to its view of time through the mood of the verb. If Latin students find this difficult, and some do, it's because our native language does not train us to be as sensitive to mood as it does to other clues. Every language uses its own set of markers. Let's enjoy this sentence from Eutropius one more time. Please repeat. Caesar, cum senatus venisset ad curiam, tribus et veginti vulneribus, confossus est. Caesar, when, or after the Senate had entered the chamber, was cut down by means of three and twenty blows. But why? According to Eutropius, because Caesar had acted contrary to the custom of Roman liberty. Please repeat. Contra consuetudinem Romanae libertatis. Contra is a preposition that takes the accusative. And Romanae libertatis is a genitive singular, but you knew that already. Caesar egerat. Ago agra egi. Caesar egerat. Caesar had acted contra consuetudinem Romanae libertatis. Ergo, therefore, Caesar, cum senatus venisset ad curiam, tribus et viginti vulneribus confossus est. <sighs> A sad lesson from Roman history preserved for us in the perfect passive indicative and pluperfect active subjunctive by the master of imperial memory, Eutropius, Magister Memoriae. Et nunc magistri et magistrae memoriae linguae latinae potestis omnes exire ut linguam latinam discatis. Gratias vobisago, et donec nos iterum viderimus curate ut valeatis.